Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. As I always say, I am so grateful for all of you. And it's because of you that we're trending and we're ranked in the top 100 in mental health of, of all the podcasts out there, which blows my mind. But it's not because of me. It's because of the amazing guests I come, have come on. They get vulnerable. They talk about their lives and the things that they've been through. I do have to give a special shout out to our sponsors, Siegfried and Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, Thread Wallets, Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, Living Recovery Interventions, and First Digital. Thank you for believing in me and making this all possible. And uh, today is going to be an awesome episode, as they always are. And uh, we're, we're joined by Kasdan Jardine. Kasdan, thank you for being with us. Excited to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Um, I do have to say, we, we've already had your wife on the show, uh, you know, probably about four or five months ago. And it was really, you know, well received. So no pressure on you. Oh, I, I, I know she's the better half. So <laughs> just discretion to everybody. This will be worse than my wife's show. <laughs> no, I'm sure <laughs> it'll be great. But no, Kasdan, I'm grateful to have you on. Um, we have a lot of similar interests and similar backgrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so I think this is just going to be great. You were born and raised in Twin Falls. Um, Idaho. You're the youngest of four kids. Mm -hmm. You dedicated the majority of your life to the game of basketball. That's where you and I can really relate a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you always loved the grind and working to be the best you could be. You, you had a state championship in high school. You went to three different D1 universities. And basketball is a really uh, an awesome tool for you to grow and mature in your life. You served an LDS mission. You love to take challenges head on. Again, we mentioned your wife, Savvy. She works for Good Things Utah, and she's an amazing person, and uh, she spoke very highly of you, obviously. Um, and one thing I, you know, that uh, I've learned about you is that you're never satisfied. You're always looking for the most out of life, and out of all the, you know, the basketball, all the all the great accomplishments there, and getting a bachelor's or master's degree, that's not the most important thing to do. And the most important thing is your wife and, and the family you're going to build and build. Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's going to be the most important thing to you. So yeah. I really appreciate that. And I, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's, you got your priorities straight, it sounds <laughs> Try like. Try to, yeah. yeah. And so why don't we start, uh, Kazan, thank you for, like I said, joining us. But why don't we start with where did you grow up? Yep. How was your childhood? And yep. what was it like being the youngest of four? Sure. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like you said, I was born in Twin Falls, Idaho. Uh, born and raised there, um, small town to me. Uh, I thought it was a right. super small town until <laughs> I met my wife and I went to visit where she's from. Right. Uh, I mean, I grew up in a place that was about 45,000 people at the time. Yeah. And my wife's from a place about a thousand people. So yeah, that's way small. different definitions of small town, but yeah, yeah definitely, uh, enjoyed growing up there. It was all I knew. Um, like I said, basketball has kind of been my life ever since I was a little kid. Um, I'm the youngest of four, all of my siblings, you know, athletes and yeah. basketball, volleyball, a little bit of football, a little bit of baseball, but primarily basketball has been okay. our f family focus. So yeah. I can't ever remember a time when I started playing basketball. I just remember being in the gym at, at siblings games and yeah. being the annoying tag along <laughs> sibling. You know, I feel like yeah. I've, I've kind of always been, had the mindset of, I've had to prove myself, um, yeah. And, you know, kind of, especially basketball wise, being compared to older siblings has always been the normal. Um, yeah. Cause you've got other brothers have been very successful yeah. at basketball. And yep. Which doesn't make it any less annoying, <laughs> but you <laughs> right. know, it's, it, it, it was just the reality of the situation and it was something that I always took as a challenge. Um, so, you know, growing up in Twin Falls, you, you know, majority of the people there yeah. and everyone seems to know you, especially when you're the youngest of, mm -hmm. of a successful family and athletics in in that area yeah um but you know growing up there was good it was it was all i knew i didn't i didn't know about any of these big cities or big places at the yeah. time until i started playing traveling basketball and we were going to vegas and anaheim and seattle yeah. you know doing all those things and then you know basketball just became a love of mine and i saw it as an opportunity to set myself up for the future and so 
it became more of a more of a, an investment in myself it seemed like for sure you know yeah. like if i want to have schooling paid for then i'd better yeah. be good enough if right. i want to you know get those things done so that's kind of how my, my childhood was you know I, I grew up very you know strong and active in the lds faith you right. know church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and mm-hmm. um had great examples in every aspect of my life in regards to that um i felt like I had, you know, great morals and principles yeah. instilled in me from a young age, not only from my family, but from friends and, you know, the church organization. Sure. So I was always really grateful for that. Yeah. And it, you know, helped me to, as I continued in my basketball career and, you know, through high school to make the decision to, to go on a mission and things of that matter. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, just a, just a kid from, from Twin Falls, yeah. Idaho, who's trying to, <laughs> still trying to figure life out. You know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for sharing that. When, when you look back on your childhood, you, what were some of maybe the biggest lessons you learned, like maybe even from your own parents, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you were very active in sports yep. and things, but what were some yep. of the, maybe the principles that they taught you that's uh, really helped you? Um, I mean, I don't know why this is the first thing that comes to <laughs> mind, but I can hear my mom's voice saying, <laughs> you're not going to be a dumb jock. That was always something that was instilled early on that you can play sports, you can be great at it, but you know, you're going to be an intelligent, respectful young man, you know? So, um, I mean, I was held to a high standard in regards to the way that I carried myself, especially in the classroom, you know, at at school. So, you know, I actually ended up being valedictorian of my high school. So there was a few of us because we all had, 4.0s or whatever it was. But, um, so, I mean, that was something I prided myself in as well. And I think that, you know, something as the youngest is there's always a standard for you, you know, like it's always, you're always compared to, to others, whether intentionally or not, it happens. It's kind of a natural thing. Exactly. Right. If you want to be, if you want to do what your old, if you want to do what your older brother did, then you'd better work this hard. Or (laughs) if you want to, you know, do this, then you have to do that. And, you know, and and you're expected to have good grades too, you know? So I, I was always striving to do those things and naturally, you know, good things came of them, but it was just a constant, constant thing that you kind of have to, to unpackage at some point of like, okay, now I am done with college. I'm done with basketball. So like, now what do I compare myself to? You know, like now what am I striving towards so that's been an adjustment for me yeah. too. was that ever overwhelming like just knowing the comparisons were there and did you oh. feel pressure like was it a stressful time for you or, or was it more of like no I like this let me you know bring it on <laughs> I, I'm sure that there were times that it did seem stressful mm-hmm. and a little bit overwhelming but I as a kid especially I was like uh, annoyingly outgoing like right. I was had a very loud personality I was probably overcompensating for being the youngest, you know, like just yeah. wanting to be heard. You yeah. Know? Right. But so I always took it as a, as a huge challenge. And, you know, someone said like, are you going to be as good as your brother? I'm, I'm going to be way better. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to, you going to be as smart as your sister? No, I'm going to be smarter. You yeah, know, like it right. was always a, okay. as, as a, as a kid, I never recall being like, guys, can you, can you please stop comparing me to my, you know, to yeah. my, I, that just was never a thing for me. Um, but you know, like I'm sure that's played into a lot of, you know, the, a lot of the things that are good things about me and a lot of my, you know, insecurities that I still struggle with today. So, yeah. 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 Wow. Well, and the reason why I asked that question is, you know, I've interviewed, you know, a lot of people who have been Mm -hmm. the youngest Yeah, and at times they had mentioned, man, it's, it's tough to sometimes even keep up with Mm -hmm. making sure I'm hanging with my, you know, Mm -hmm. family and my siblings and what they were doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when did you know you were really good at basketball? (laughs) To be honest, um, I had, I had a a good high school basketball team. Uh I mean, I, I might've been the best player on the team, you know, but at the time, like I didn't even feel like I was anything super special. Like we had a good team. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I was, I was six, five, 175 pounds soaking wet my senior (laughs) year of high school. So I was I was tall and I was really skinny and I really had almost zero interest in regards to 
colleges looking oh, at me. Really? I own the only school that I had an actual offer from was the College of Southern Idaho, which is a yep. junior college in my hometown. Yeah. And they were like, you know, go on a go on your mission, do your thing. We got a spot for you when you come back. Like we'd love, we'd love to see you. We'd yeah. love to have you. And you know, I kind of took it as like a hmm, well, I guess, you know, I don't have anything else right now. But I at the time I didn't commit or anything. Right. So I I went on my mission and about, I don't know, six months into my mission, I had conversation with my dad over email and it was kind of like a, just a real conversation. And he was kind of like, is this something you want? Like, do you want to play basketball? Like, do you want to come back and do this? And I was like, at the time when I left, I wasn't sure, but about six months into my mission, I was like craving basketball. Like I was missing it so much being in Brazil where it was all soccer and no basketball. (laughs) You know, like it was the first like real break and time away from basketball. So I was like, no, I got, I want to play. And he's like, well, you got to get serious about getting bigger. Like you're, you have to get bigger while you're out there. So, I mean, my body finally decided that like, okay, (laughs) let's let's grow so i i mean aside from the real you know from the spiritual blessings and my testimony of the mission yeah i also grew an inch and a half while i was in brazil and put on 45 pounds so i came back at 6 7 220 and then i was going to to the college of southern idaho i went there for a year prior to the three d ones that i played for yeah and it was kind of a um you know, humbling, but also like eye-opening experience to me because at this point, I, I we hadn't even played a game yet, not right. even a game at CSI, and I was getting blown up. I mean, <laughs> I had like 13 D1 offers before we even played a game. So they probably heard you grew an inch. Well, yeah, and, and, and so the, co- the <laughs> yeah the coaching staff at CSI, you know, especially you know he's he's been a mentor of mine from a lot for a oh, long yeah. time. Shelby Lindley, okay. he um he coached me in AAU, and then he was an assistant oh, coach at okay. CSI. So he 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 believed in me. He knew, yeah. And you know, he's like, let's take a chance. Maybe let, let's take a chance on him. Who knows what could happen? Yeah. And then I come back way bigger, way stronger, and then you know the whole staff there was great about getting me recruited and. It was that it was at that moment when I was at CSI when I was able to take all of my the skill that I had with this body that I had now that I was like, okay, like I can do this. Like yeah. I can go play D one. I can make it work. Like I, I deserve to be there. Whereas prior to that, prior to the mission, it was probably a little bit of a you know, you always kind of feel a little bit like, Am I good enough to make it? Will I make it? You know, you have all that self doubt, but mm-hmm that was when it actually felt like it was like self-actualized. So gotcha. it was cool. That's way cool. Uh, C, uh, CS? CSI, College yeah. of Southern Idaho. And they're the ones that were pretty famous for baseball, right? Weren't yes. they like amazing yep. at baseball? Yeah, they've been they've been a good baseball program for years. Basketball program's been very solid. Um, yeah. They're in the same conference as Snow and Salt Lake Community College, and it's a good conference. Well, um, this is maybe you don't know this, but uh, remember you remember Dennis Johnson who played for the Bo- uh, Boston Celtics. Of course. So his yeah. brother, his little brother, played up there basketball. Oh, I at, didn't know at, that at, at CSI. And okay, um, and he was he was famous for this guy had like a forty eight inch vertical. Yeah, leap. wow. It was insane. And wow. so at the time I was down at Dixie. Okay. And he came and played like a an ex- ex- exhibition game or something. It wasn't an official game. Mm-hmm. But we were watching him jump out of the gym. But cool. but anyway, that's how I got to know yeah, about that. And then my friend played baseball mm-hmm. up there as well. So sure. I, I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So, um, so you serve your mission before you actually start playing. Let's go back to the mission just for a minute, though. Because, mm-hmm. again, obviously the spiritual blessings and, sure. and the things you learn and that kind of thing in that area. Mm-hmm. But what were maybe some of the life lessons that you pulled from your mission that, yeah. that helped you actually even in basketball as well. Yeah. I think, you know, um, for me, I think the biggest perspective change life wise was there are so many people in the world that have it way worse than you do. No, especially us being in the United States where we're so blessed with the freedoms that, I mean, especially in a time right now, where there's just so much crap going on in the world and there's so much negativity about Mm -hmm. the country that we live in and you know, this, that, and whatever. Yeah. It just, I always look back to the blessings that we, that we have and the blessings that we hold dear 
and we and we take for granted yeah. to live in this country. Sure, you know, to to see people, you know, accept the gospel and to be so excited to learn about Jesus Christ as they have, you know, dirt floors, lean to roofs. Yeah. You know, like it was it was so humbling because, um, it was just such a perspective change for me. You yeah. know, coming from small town Idaho where. The mo- I, I never really even s- saw poverty. I never yeah, even, you know, right. like everyone, was, even the, the, the poor, the lower income where I was, was, would have been, you know, kings where, yeah. where the poor were in Brazil. Um, and so it was just such an eye-opening experience. And I'll be forever grateful for that because, you know, you're always able to keep things in perspective of yeah. there are so many people who would kill to be in your situation right sure, now. Right. Especially me as I was going back to basketball, like, to go to a, a university and to be so blessed to be on scholarship and yeah, have your school paid school for school and, and food yeah. and housing, you know, like yeah. stop complaining about this workout. <laughs> like you have to wake up at 6am to go to the gym. So be it. Okay. Like <laughs> you remember where you were, you remember what those people were living like, like, you know, be grateful. Yeah. So I feel like it's always been a, a humbling thing and helps me to refocus on, on being grateful for the things that we have. Yeah, no, that's beautifully said, um, Kasdan. Thank you. You know, um, so you serve your mission, you come back, you start playing basketball. Mm-hmm. How did you find your way to U, uh, UVU? Sure. Utah Valley University. Yeah. So I I came home from the mission. I played it one year at CSI. Um, I graduated with my associate's degree, which, you know, was, was cool at the time, but didn't really doesn't do much, much for me at the right, time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then from there I had committed in and had signed to go play with Boise state university. Mm-hmm, okay. And so they're in the mountain West conference, you know, really great school. Yeah. Um, I was going to, I was in their business management program. Um, and so I went there and, uh, my, my year at Boise state, I mean, just to be honest, I hated it. Really? Like the basketball aspect of it. Like I was just miserable. Hmm. I, I had completely lost my love for the game. I went from being my happiest ever playing basketball at CSI to like what I think I'm done. I'm not going to, I think I might just quit. You know, I I was recruited to come in and play a role to, to be a player for them. And then when I was there, I really clashed with an assistant coach Okay, and it got to the point where it wasn't even basketball related anymore. It was just, it seemed like I was getting ridiculed for what I was doing outside of practice for, me as the person I was, you know, almost like something against you had nothing to do with basketball. Just, yeah. And you know, and I know that, you know, some people will be like, Oh, that's just a cop out because he wasn't playing, you know, this, but, but really like you can, you can be happy and still be a member of that team. You know, know? something's off. Exactly. And so, um, while I was there, you know, like I was just miserable and I'd made up my mind that about halfway through the season that I'm like, I'm not coming back here next year, whether I keep playing or not, I don't know yet, but I'm not coming back here for another year. So I decided to, once the season was over, to put my name in the transfer portal. And uh, from there, Utah Valley University started to recruit me. Okay. And um, and they recruited me prior to going to Boise State as well. And um, that was the the whole coaching staff of Mark Pope and oh, all, yeah. of, all of those awesome guys who yeah. are now at BYU. Yeah. So I end up, you know, going on a visit. It's great commit to, to Utah Valley. And at the time, um, the division one transfer rules were if you transfer D one to D one, you had to redshirt a year, sit out a year. Mm-hmm. So then I transferred to Utah Valley. I get there as a red shirt. So, you know, you're on the team. Right. I was on scholarship, big blessing. Um, but like you can, you do everything but play in the game. So right. <laughs> you practice, you've yeah. got weights, you've got extra workouts, you know, school, same thing as everyone else but you don't play in the games for those of you who don't know what a, a red shirt is. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I do that whole year. I get way better. I get my confidence back. Like yeah. I'm so excited to be playing basketball at this yeah. university with this coaching back. staff, you yeah. know, that was so positive and yeah. fed your confidence. Um, and then end of that red shirt season, they all leave and go to, to go to BYU. So <laughs> you're like, what? Yeah. So I'm literally like, <laughs> can I not catch a break? Like, holy cow. So at that point, you know, like everything's out of my control again and we get a whole new coaching staff that comes in. Um, great people, great coaching staff. Uh, it was a lot of those coaches first year in division one basketball. Um, and so a lot of growing pains, uh, but I had a great year 
personally, basketball wise. Sure. Um, I had a great season that year. And then the end of that season, I graduated with my, with my bachelor's in business management and I had another year to play still another year of eligibility. And so at that point I was like, you know what? I feel like Boise state didn't go how I thought it was going to go. UVU didn't go how I thought it was going to go. Like, I'm just going to take it upon myself to make my, my final year of basketball be like what I want it to be. Yeah. So I went into the transfer portal and then ended up going to the university of Hawaii to play my last year of college basketball and to get my master's degree. Yeah. So master's in science and finance. Yep. Yep. Finance. Just that, just when I read that makes me go, Whoa. I mean, <laughs> it sounds like, wow, yeah. that sounds hard. <laughs> it was, it wasn't, it was very intense. You know, it was yeah. six to 9 PM every, every night. And the craziest part about my master's program, I was at the university of Hawaii playing basketball and never once stepped in a classroom or the library or any other facility on campus other than the gym, because it was COVID year. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, yeah, so I did a whole master's program on zoom. Oh my goodness. And so, <laughs> You know, like that yeah. was, it was, it was, an, it was very intense. Yeah. Because, sa- yeah. Your savvy talked a lot about that. Just sure. the experience in Hawaii and how mm-hmm. not in, also how intense it was for her just Absolutely. kind of being locked down and mm-hmm. we're here in Hawaii and yeah. that kind of thing. So I can imagine yeah. how challenging that had to have yeah. been. Yeah. It was, it was incredible, um, but also extremely difficult. Yeah. And you know, like that was a, that was a huge growing time for my wife and I, um, especially in our relationship. Like we were just newlyweds. We got married a month and a half. We, you know, shotgun wedding because of COVID to get it all done before, you know, all the temples closed. So so we shotgun wedding, (laughs) we jump it forward like a month and a half, two months. And then we moved to Hawaii and then like, I'm the busiest like I've ever been. So I'm going to weights, (laughs) to practice, to, you know, study hall, to then straight on to my three hour zoom courses every night so i'm literally going from eight in the morning until 9 30 at night yeah and she's trapped she's like, just trapped she's in her, literally trapped in the house wow you know and so yeah. we saw a lot of conflict there because you know it, it was so hard for us to like have sympathy or empathy for each other of like i was losing my mind because she was so upset about what I would have loved to have been doing like I would have loved to have just been sitting in that house doing nothing <laughs> right, because yeah. you know physically and mentally I was just so drained oh, I can imagine. and then at the same time she would have been absolutely floored to be doing what yeah, I was doing right, you know yeah. so I feel like that's something that was huge for us in yeah. regards to growth that like first of all we have to communicate extremely yeah. effectively right as as we go through struggles individually mm-hmm. because like we're a team now at this point yeah. and you know, so it was, it was awesome. Like growing with her in Hawaii, like that'll go down as, you know, definitely one of the best years of my life just because it was, it was so special and it was so individual to us. Like For it sure. was really just us out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you think about it when we go through something hard and like you said, even though it was so hard, it ended up being so great. Yeah. I think that's what it's about. It's like, I have this philosophy that life happens for us yeah. versus to us. Sure. And, you know, as hard as that was, look what it did sure. for you guys. And you're probably yeah. 10 times closer because of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, where you wouldn't have been had you not yeah. gone through that maybe, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, from my, my biggest takeaway from my whole college basketball experience, like from, yeah. from the Juco to Boise to UVU to Hawaii to a COVID year after COVID year, <laughs> you know, like, Jeez all you can do in life is control what you can control. Like that's my, that's like seriously my number one way of living is control what I can control because I actually saw a, I saw a quote. I can't remember what it was exactly word for word, but it said like someone becomes extremely dangerous when they stop caring about what other people think and things that are out of their control. Wow. Like that person becomes very dangerous. Yeah. Like they can accomplish a lot yeah. or they can, you know, continue to progress in life because I feel like majority of the time we find ourselves getting so, you know, beaten down and so frustrated with things that you literally can't do anything about. Yeah. You know, like was it extremely, extremely frustrating to, have zero people in the gym your my whole senior year of basketball yeah. like absolutely like my wife who moved to hawaii with me 
and couldn't come to the games in Hawaii. She had to watch them online. Amazing. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, it was, that was maddening, but at the same time, like, is it worth it for me to spend this, you know, have this mental battle or to be so frustrated or to get yeah. upset because there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. You know, when the government's involved, when, <laughs> yeah. you know, state yeah, mandates right. are involved. Sure, sure. And, you know, I feel like, and that was a big turning point for me, like at Boise State too. Like, I can't control how people are going to treat me. Like, yeah. I, I really can't. I can't control the situation I'm going to be in. I can't control if a whole tro- coaching staff decides to leave. Yeah. You know, so time after time, it was like, why do I have no control over this situation? When, re- when in reality, I just had to look at it from a different perspective and exclude the things that I had no control over and right. really focus on on my things that were tangibly mine to control. Right. You know? Well, that's very wise uh, that uh, you you had that awareness about all that. Yeah. That's amazing. I Thanks. love that. Thank you. You become dangerous. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I saw that yeah. quote and I sent it to my wife <laughs> because this was, it was something that was, because my wife is very different. My wife is like, we are so different in <laughs> so many different ways. Right. <laughs> you know, she is the most loving, caring, mm-hmm. empathetic, there for you catch you when you're down like she mm-hmm. is just she's honestly the best person i know yeah um and i am i'm getting better i am <laughs> i'm getting better but i was definitely not that way like yeah i was very don't feel it get in the gym don't yeah. worry about it get in the gym or yeah. you know like he said what okay i don't care i'm moving on you know yeah. so it was that was a big rift for us in our relationship sure. as well she's like i need you to feel what yeah. like feel with me like i need you to talk to me about your yeah. feelings i'm like what <laughs> talking about you my talking about feelings got me ridiculed as a child talking about feelings gets right. you shamed on the basketball court oh, you know totally. so like from from my upbringing to yeah. my background like what you, i'm not going to talk to you about yeah, my feelings yeah. so but i mean when it comes down to it and it's something that you know she needed and it's something that i also needed to do to grow um you know, it ended up being a really positive thing for us, for me to affect her so that she was able to focus more on controlling the things that she could control, yeah. but also her to affect me that I need to let things affect yeah. me a little bit and be okay with working through those things, right. you know, because I think if you're a polar opposite in either direction, you're going to put yourself in very difficult situations. Right. Um, yeah. you know, in her, in her regard, if, if you find yourself always bending over backwards for everyone and always feeling so much for everyone, right. you're going to set yourself up for disappointment that they're not showing up for you. For sure. And then for me, it was like, if I don't share and if I don't let my wife in, there's going to be a rift between us because yeah. I'm going to be angry or, you know, there won't be a connection. Exactly. Yeah. The connection's gone. Yeah. I, you, you, I was making it. So I was never giving anyone an opportunity to pick me up because Mm -hmm. I was fine. I'll I'll figure it out. I'll deal with it. Yeah. Which is still hard, which is, you know, still very hard to do, but that's, and, and I, I'm glad you're saying this chasm because anyone listening to this, who's married or, or even, I mean, marriage is work. Mm-hmm. it's it's effort it's yeah. and it's great yeah, it really absolutely. is great but it's also it's yeah. one of those things where you have to we have to learn to compromise mm-hmm. we have to learn to do things that are uncomfortable you know and we're yeah. trying to you know give and take in sure. that in the marriage and it, sometimes that can be really tough but at the same time when you do it mm-hmm. ends up being the best thing just like yeah how hard it was to be locked down in hawaii mm-hmm. playing your you know basketball but yet it, you look back on it, it's like man it was one of the best things we ever went oh through. yeah Absolutely. Right. No, I so, agree 100%. Well, that's where, you know, I think back of you being such a hard worker as a kid mm-hmm. and trying to keep up with your older siblings and all mm-hmm. that stuff, how that pays off. Because, I mean, you are where you're at now. I mean, yeah. it, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but because you're a hard worker mm-hmm. and you're willing to go, like you said, okay, savvy, this is what we need to work on. Okay. It's uncomfortable, but okay, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm willing to try to put in that work yeah. there. Yeah. And I think, you know, focusing specifically on like relationships i think that you know it's it's 100 percent natural for you to want to work on something because i we do that you know like yeah she'll point something out that i need to work on and i'll make the mental note like hey yeah i need to work on that but then anytime there's like a conflict or a fight or anything that makes you feel some type of way 
it's so easy to revert back. You know, it's yeah. so easy for me to revert back to, I'm not talking about this right now. I don't want to talk about this or I'm fine. Like stop, you know, yeah. you know, so sure. I feel like whether that's with your friend or whether that's with your spouse, whether that's with a parent, you know, like I feel like it, it's constant work, you know, yeah. it, even, and, and so I think that you can even take that to a spiritual, you know, a, a spiritual stance too, that like, you realize you need to be better about your relationship with your father in heaven. Like, okay, then mm -hmm. do the work. Yeah. You know, like it takes work. Yeah. It's not like yeah. you're going to be able to make these habit changes overnight Yeah. and you're 100% going to trip and fall again. Yep. You know, whether that's temptation, whether that's, you know, falling off of those good habits, like, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to have hiccups. You're going to have, you know, those, those step falls. So, just giving yourself the grace of recognizing that, you know, and, and continuing to get better because yeah. I know in every situation that I have in my life where I'm tr striving to be better, I've got my wife there a hundred percent who yeah. will understand when I have a hiccup. Right. And, you know, well, as long as I'm willing to work with her on it yeah, and to, you right. know, acknowledge, Hey, I'm sorry. You're right. I know that I need to keep working on this. I messed up. I got super frustrated and I'm, I'm sorry that I reverted back, you right. know? Yeah. But I feel like so much of it comes down to communication, which isn't natural to a lot of us, oh, yeah. you know, like to communicate about things that actually matter, I guess. Yeah. Like, sure. sure. It's easy to talk about basketball. Yeah. I could yeah. talk for All hours and hours <laughs> and hours, you know, I could talk about things I'm passionate about, but yeah. to, you know, to be dedicated and focus on things that are uncomfortable to you, yeah. you know, it takes, takes work. It takes work. Very well said. You know, a question I have for you is a lot of people that I've, you know, and me, myself, when I knew basketball was over for me, and my story is different than yours mm -hmm. and how it happened, but I hear a lot of people once, you know, basketball was yeah. your passion and then all of a sudden you're done. Did you struggle knowing that it was done or were you to the point where, you know what, hey, it's run its course, I'm okay now, mm -hmm. and, you know, and now you're yeah. like in the business world and things mm -hmm. like that. So how did, sure. how did you do that transition? Um, so my situation with how basketball came to an end has been unique, I would say. Um, so I, I finished up at the university of Hawaii last year and I was, you know, testing all of the waters of, you know, professional basketball yeah. and, 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 you know, pursuing that and, um, ended up being that, you know, I had some, some really cool opportunities. I was invited to, you know, NBA combine workout yeah. workouts. I was invited and flown out by the Golden State Warriors oh, to wow. go work out at their facility Very with cool. their staff, you know, yeah. which was, it's crazy, you know, like <laughs> yeah. to be so close to like a dream that for a while you're like, this isn't actually like achievable. But then when you get there and it's like, holy cow, I'm like knocking on the door of on that door. making yeah. this happen. Um, so, you know, I had these workouts. Um, I, I was, you know, doing all those things. And then at the, I, and then I had never gotten vaccinated. I, you know, I, I still never have, you know, I, I've taken it as a personal decision and sure. I've never felt the need personally to, yeah. to do so. And, um, at the time discussing with my agent and things like that, it was that it was player choice still, that it wasn't mandated. You get vaccinated. Right. Uh -huh. So I'm actually, you know, in Florida with my, my wife and her family and we're on a little vacation supporting her sister who was competing in a, in a, a pageant competition out there. Um, but anyways, I get a phone call from my agent and he's like, Hey, the, the Utah jazz want you for NBA summer league. And I'm like, let's go. Yeah, like I'm at my right. highest of high, like, holy cow. Like this is happening, man. Like, this is actually happening. I'm yeah. going to play an NBA summer league in, in Salt <laughs> yeah. Lake in Las Vegas. Like this is unreal. Yeah. And they're like calling, like they're getting my flights booked, my hotel booked. <laughs> they're asking for jersey size, shoe size, Dang. all that stuff. And then I get another call about 15 minutes later and they're like, hey, you're vaccinated, right? And I'm like, no, I, I could be. I'll go get it right now. Like, I'll I'll do this, I'll do that. You know, like yeah. I was just told it wasn't a make it or break it, you know? Sure, yeah. And they're like, dude, like, we're so sorry. It's usually not, but... We're, we're dealing with this new rule going into summer league that there can only be a certain percent of the team unvaccinated. We're already at that percent. So we're going to have to go with somebody else. Oh, you're kidding. So in a matter of like 30 minutes, I go from like 
my highest of high, like oh. celebrating with my wife, Man, like yeah. telling her like, yeah, I'm playing in NBA summer league. Like this is insane to it's now I'm out. And you know, teams were finalized within the next couple of days because, you know, I guess yeah, I needed to have been vac- vaccinated at the time. Um, so at that point I, I kind of fell off of a lot of teams radars because summer league is such a pivotal, yeah. you know, span of time where teams realize, okay, yeah, we want him for a two way contract. We want him for, uh, you know, whatever it may be. We're going to, we're going to try and draft him late in the second, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so at that point I kind of fell off and then that, and then I had three teams who, who still wanted me for their G league team. Okay. But at that point, um, I just had to, I just had to make decisions of what did I want, you know, because at that yeah. point I was going to be moving my wife to, to somewhere random, you know, yeah. to pursue the G league where once you're in the G league as solely a G league player, like you're just chasing everything falling exactly perfectly your way for a shot, yeah. you know? Yeah. And in the G league, you're not making great money. You're not. And so I was just like, man, I think I need to progress in life, you know, like in overseas, I had a ton of different opportunities to do that, but it was kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, I've already done the out of the country experience. I lived in Brazil for two years. That was cool. Like, I know I could go overseas and play. So it's like, <laughs> long story short, it's been, I'm still coming to terms with being done with oh, basketball sure. just because it was like, I didn't feel like it was fully my decision to yeah. stop playing. Right. And it was, and it also wasn't, you know, the opposite either. It wasn't like I, I didn't make it. Like I wasn't yeah. good enough or, you yeah. know, like, so I had a chance that was taken away and that chance could have been really big or like it could have provided closure either way. Like it could have yeah, been like, right. you know what? Yeah. Sorry, you're not good enough. We're going to go in a different direction. Or it could have been like, yeah, we want you for a two-way contract or we we're going to, yeah. we're going to draft you late in the second or, you know, early third round. So that's been bitter for me, sure, you know, I bet that's but, been tough you know, that's where I have to swallow my pride and, and take, and, you know, take a piece of that humble pie and, you know, take my own advice (laughs) of control what you can control, you know, as hard as that's been. But, um, isn't that amazing when you say you're going to live by a certain principle, it always gets challenged and absolutely talk about challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm over here. My heart's hurting for you. Yeah. So, I mean, Oh man. And so that's been, that's been probably the the highest high and the lowest low of my of my basketball career yeah. was within an hour of each other. Yeah. So, well, for what it's worth from my perspective is for you to get that close anyways is amazing. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day that's pretty Thank amazing you. and Thanks. Yeah, and so my hats off to you for mm-hmm. that uh that as well. So man, so what what are your plans then? Like or are yeah. you still trying to iron this out and trying yeah, to figure out no, what you I want mean, to do for a career? And I yeah. mean, I know you're you're an escrow officer right now, yep, and yep. and maybe that's what you want to sure. do. But uh, is there other things yeah. that you have your mind on? Yeah. So I mean, I got I got my my master's degree in finance, and mm-hmm. I got my bachelor's degree in business management. And as I was coming back from Hawaii, there weren't just I I didn't want to go and be a strict financial analyst because yeah. I'm not somebody who thrives sitting behind a desk all day. You know, like. Yes, I do work a lot at my desk right now. Um, right. But also I do get, you know, as an escrow officer, I'm in a lot of closings. I get to build relationships with people, yeah. which is yeah. which is what I'm passionate about. Like sure. I love sitting down with people. I love, you know, getting a business relationship to go forward mm-hmm. based off of a, a conversation that we have. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a sales salesman at heart just because I've been selling myself my whole life, you know, like pleading my case, you know, yeah. pursuing you know, recognition, I guess, to, to be considered good enough. And so that's just, that's that salesman inside of me. Um, you know, is escrow my long-term passion? Probably not. I don't know. We'll see. It could be, it could not, but I do feel like that I I have the potential to do, to do big things, whether that's in my current function right now, or if, you know, other opportunities arise in the future as well. Like I'm, I like, I'm, I'm somebody who will always look into something, sure. you know, I'm never like, Oh no, can't talk to you about it. I'll always, you know, look into it. Well, one thing I, and you probably already know this, um, and you know, the, the effort you put into being a good basketball player, mm-hmm. all the blood, sweat and tears serving a mission's no joke. I mm-hmm. mean, that's not easy yeah. <laughs> for anybody. Sure. Right. 
you do all that. I mean, I think, is it fair to say, man, through all of that, you learn like what discipline looks like yeah. and hard work, which obviously carries over to mm-hmm. whatever you decide to put your thoughts and yeah. passion into. Yeah. I think, I mean, I was dealt a very good hand in mm-hmm. life. You know, mm-hmm. I, things can always be worse. They really can. Right. Um, so I'm not going to say like, oh, I made it out of the slums or I, you know, went from right. poverty to where I am because that's not the case. I was, ble- yeah. I've been blessed my whole life, you know, sure. I've been, um, but I, I do think that like you have so much control over what happens in your life. Yeah. Yes. There are things that happen that are a, a result of others, poor decisions. They're a result of your poor decisions. And then sometimes there's things that were just like, holy cow, like why did this need to happen? Yeah. And that's, those are the ones that we're stumped by. And those are the ones that are the probably most difficult to deal with. But also I do believe that those are the ones that provide the greatest opportunity to grow Yeah, as, as you were, you know, and that's where your faith really comes into play. That's where you really have to like, you know, get down on your knees, mm-hmm. open your heart up to, to, you know, to our heavenly father and to our savior, Jesus yeah. Christ and, and give it to them because at yeah. the, you know, it, thinking that you have the answers in those situations is, is not the way to go. And it's not going to, you know, provide that, that comfort and that consolation you're looking for. For sure. That's actually what was going to be my next question is, you know, how has faith played Mm -hmm. a big part in all this for you? And and why is it so important? I think you kind of explained a little bit, obviously of it. You know, um, for me, I, I feel like, you know, for my faith, I have a, I have a firm belief and I, and I, I truly do believe with everything that I have that there's more after this life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that the decisions that my wife and I have made and continue to make, um, will help us to stay together forever, including the family that we bring into this world. Right. You know, so with the, the struggles and the changes in the world and good being evil and evil being good, that we're seeing now more than ever. Um, those are really the things that I fall back on that keep me steadfast in, in my beliefs and in my faith are, I I truly know that Jesus Christ lives. Like it's not even a question to me. Um, like I felt it in my lives at my lowest of lows. Like I felt a comfort that wasn't of my own and it wasn't of someone talking to me. Right. It was that someone, knew exactly what I was feeling and could lift. It wasn't just like that they were listening. It was, I was being lifted, Yeah, you know, and it, and I know that, I know that he's real and I know that he lives and, um, it really comes down to, you know, the eternal perspective of whatever I'm going through at the time, especially looking back in hindsight, because you know, it's 2020 when you're looking back on it. Um, like there's a reason for all the, the trials and the difficulties we go through, you know, had, had I not had to go through, you know, my ups and downs in basketball, like I wouldn't have ended up with my amazing wife who yeah, is you, literally everything to and me. You met her at UVU, yeah, correct? Met yeah. her at UVU. She was a cheerleader. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how you yeah. ended up there and Absolutely. then there's where you met the love of your life, you Absolutely. know, which is amazing. Yeah. You know? And so I think, you know, yeah. just, just being able to be, I feel like pride is the, is the biggest problem in the world today. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks that they're a hundred percent right. Everyone thinks that their opinion yeah, is reality yeah. is truth. Yeah. You so know, true, yeah. when, when in reality, it's like, we have to have the humility and the understanding of knowing that like, there's a greater plan. It's, it's, there's a lot of loud voices, but all, but the, the, the one, the voice that we need to pay attention to the most at times is a whisper yes. and it's, it's promptings. It's, you know, it's those feelings of it's going to be okay. It's those feelings and those, 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 that still small voice, you yep. know, that mm-hmm. tells you like, you're going to get through this yeah. or that tells you that person needs help, you yeah. know, or whatever it may be. I'm just a strong believer that we have to take the time to listen. We have to take the time to, you know, to put others before ourselves, because I feel like that's when you're going to see the most work done in yourself is when you focus outside of yourself. Mm. Um, you know, my wife and I, we're not perfect by any means. You know, we fight, we, you know, we've had struggles, but you know, we've been humble enough to, to make a decision to, you know, to go to couples therapy, Yeah. you know, like 
Yeah, and that's if, awesome. if I, if I would have, if, <laughs> if I were to go and tell myself five years ago that I would be at couples therapy, <laughs> right. I would be like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> if you think I'm ever doing anything like that. Right. Right. But the reality of it is, is like, it's been so incredible to, yeah. to go with my spouse in good times and in bad Sure. to just to, just to grow, yeah. you know, like there's been such a, a stigma of, of mental health and mm-hmm. of, you know, yeah. mental well-being, whether that's in sports or whether that's a, a generational topic, you know, that like hits an incredible thing. Like there are incredible resources out there to go with those testimony builders of the gospel, of the church, of, you know, the scriptures, whatever, wherever it is, you get your spiritual strength. Like there are also some people who are incredibly knowledgeable and well-versed, whether that's in personal struggles that you need to talk to somebody about or whether that's in your marriage or whether that's in your family, whatever it is like that. So, I mean, in a time where where people are struggling with so much, it's just, I mean, I think my, my bottom line is, is control what you can control and, 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 you know, leave it with the Lord. Because yeah. if, if you don't, if you think that you're smarter or better or understand things better, just just keep thinking that because yeah. humility is coming your way. Yeah, typically that's what happens. You right? know, humility is yeah. coming your way. And that's where <laughs> yeah. um, at the same time, like I, I think that we as believers and we that are striving to do our best, regardless of the faith that you belong, like we're at a time in our in our lives and in a time in, in the world right now where we need to be examples of, of goodness. Like we need to be those who lift. There's enough dragging people down. There's enough, um, there's enough of that going, there's enough division that like we just have to do everything we can to lift and to, to bring, bring people up you know, but also standing firm and there is right and wrong. Sure. You know, I think there's always a good, a good line to walk is that there's right and wrong. And as you know, as our savior always, always practiced and how he continues to preach is you got to love the sinner, not the sin, you know, be there for people in their struggles. Don't, don't judging someone isn't going to change anything. For sure. Yeah. You know, so I think that it's just been my, my testimonies come in flows and waves. It hasn't been like a water faucet that's just on all the time. You know, sometimes it's a trickle. Sometimes it seems like it's gone dry and then it takes sometimes something hard in life to, to get you going back to to what you know to be true and to, to grow that, that faith. So I think that's kind of where my life experiences, my, my faith and testimony have kind of all come to be intertwined and just, I mean, I feel like I'm starting to figure things out, you know, but I'm sure as I start <laughs> yeah. to figure things out, it'll be wham. Yeah. Right another back thing. To him. There's yep. another lesson you got to Ex- learn. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, that's very well said. And obviously faith, uh, your faith means a lot to you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing that. That was very touching. You know, if there's someone listening to your voice right now, mm-hmm. that's in a dark place and they're struggling, yeah. they're just in a rough spot. Yeah you've already given some great advice, but what's some advice you'd give that one person right now who's struggling? What would you say to them? Um, I think that the most important thing for that person to know, like deep down to like, to know 100% is that like you are a child of God that like Mm -hmm. there is a power greater than we ever will understand. There's a love greater than we'll ever understand. There's arms outstretched always um, because we we are his children. Yeah. And in the times where, you know, we feel so down, so alone, so betrayed, frustrated, yeah. upset, whatever it is, that you're, you're a child of God. Yeah. An all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, merciful, amazing God who who truly does want the best for you yeah. so, so don't give up yeah, you know keep 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 working control what you can control let those things that you can't control just fall by the wayside yeah. and, and just one foot after the other it'll get better yeah it will wow. get better that was powerful thank you yeah dang 
you know, if there's someone who wants to reach out to you and mm-hmm. maybe follow you or ask you a question because of sure. this, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, I mean, probably probably Instagram is, is okay. the easiest way to do that. I mean, my wife probably, <laughs> it's funny, my wife is always <laughs> annoyed at, you're always talking to so many different people, you know? Yeah. But I, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy yeah. talking with people. We're going to open up to a lot more now. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm happy. I really am happy to help. You know, I'm not yeah. perfect by any means. Yeah. I have my struggles 100%. Um, but yeah, I mean, my Instagram is, it's a, it's a, it's a funny name. It's chef boy Jardine. That's <laughs> chef boy Jardine. You heard it right. <laughs> um, it was a nickname that stuck and you know what? I'm just going to keep it there. But, um, I like but it. really I if like anyone, it. yeah, if anyone ever just needs someone to talk to, like I'm there. Um, yeah. my wife is also an incredible, credible mm-hmm. person who yeah. is literally the best person I know. So, um, feel yeah. free to, you know, follow me on Instagram or send me a message. And then, okay. you know, if it's something that you want to talk about, we can get on a phone call. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it is, awesome. you know, it is what it is. We're happy. I'm happy to help and yeah. to be there for people who, who are going through their stuff. Wow. I love that. And, and really, honestly, like now having, I mean, you know, we had Savvy on, we've now had you on and just you two are so very well spoken. <laughs> you're very uh, secure, confident. I know you're not perfect. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. And, but man, you the maturity level of you two is pretty impressive. Well, thank Coming you. from a guy who's a lot older than you guys. Thank you. But to see that and just the way you look at life and your perspective already is pretty impressive. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. you betcha. So, thank you. Uh, hey, I can't thank you enough for spending some time no, today. Awesome. This is I, so cool. Thank you so much for having me. Um, <laughs> I I have to give a, a shout out to our host here. Oh. Um, he was what he was my favorite my for, favorite Mormon message. You know, he yeah. we used to t- we used to tell his story to to people on my mission in the in, in the favelas of Brazil, talking wow. about you know, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, there's always changes that can be made. You can always right. come back, you know, um, and that life is so much more than a sport. I feel like that's something that yeah. I always have taken away from, from your yeah. message is, oh, thanks. especially someone who's devoted so much to sports that there's, there's always more, there's yep. way more to be had. There's way yeah. more to do. And, and the amount of good that you've done is incredible. So oh, thanks thank for you. having me on. Wow. I paid him to say that, by the way. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. That means a lot. And that uh, yeah. we we talked a little bit about that off the air. And it's cool that we had that connection without mm-hmm. even realizing it. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But again, you know, the best to you and Savvy. You thank guys you. are amazing. You'll be amazing parents. Um, I just love, again, the way you guys carry yourself. It's really Awesome. really amazing so thank you so much appreciate you betcha. it thank well you. there you go folks i told you it's gonna be another amazing episode man i'm telling you you know if you have a son or a daughter or a niece or a nephew or a friend or a partner or a husband or a wife that's struggling have them listen to this episode because um i think this will inspire them to realize that hey if you put forth the effort and i love i love that you say hey let's just control the things you can control leave the rest Right. And I, I just love that. And then how important faith is. And if you if you don't have a higher power, you know, you, you know, even if you want to just call it love, we have to have that. We have to have mm-hmm. something that we can rely on that has our back. And, you know, you said it so well, Kasdan. And so uh, once again, thank you for being here. And everyone, I love you for tuning in. Please share this like you always do. And uh, I can't thank you enough. Awesome. Until next time. Awesome.